Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the ECM podcast. I'm Caroline Fontanieu, and I'm very happy to host this series that will take you behind the scenes of new music on ECM Records. In this new episode, I'm meeting pianist and composer Nitai Hershkovitz, who is releasing his first ECM album, Call on the Old Wise, produced by Manfred Eicher. Nitai talks about his inspirations, the old wises in his life, the recording of this album, and the magic of music. First of all, I wanted to know what was this title about. The title is Call on the Old Wise. I feel like it's more like a, a chanting thing. And the album, I mean, retrospectively, it was dedicated to my basically piano guru. I don't like this word so much, but um, she is to me very a very important figure, uh, Susan. Um, she's She was my teacher for almost a decade on and off. And when I listened to the, to the album as a whole, when ECM sent me the, you know, the recording, basically, I realized, oh my God, this is, first of all, this is a closure for me because it's a solo piano, but I, I feel like I, I put all of my, intention and and vision into this album and a lot of it came from susan too just realizing it you know later on because i haven't been seeing her for a long time now but you know how it's like it's like a, a person that has such a strong significance it just lives in your head you know and in 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 my you know my being i give her a lot of credit for where i am today it, she's she's a 70 year old woman who never wanted to get to be a, a concert pianist, right? She was in the same class with Ballenboim and Perlman and Juilliard in the 60s, but she she saw them and said like, there's no way I'm going to do this and compete, compete with these people. So she decided to teach. And, but teaching in the most loving and, and supporting way there is, you know? So she'll take me out to her lemon tree and, you know, tell me stories about the tree. And I would be like, so what are we doing here? Aren't we like, aren't we going to the piano? And then when she took me to the piano, it all made sense. Like, oh, of course she told me to throw stones. And of course she told me like to, you know, all kinds of weird things that I thought were weird. But when I approached the piano, she knew it all, you know? So it felt very magical and almost mystical. So yeah, the title is Call on the Old Wise because she's... She was always this symbolic figure, like wise figure to me. You know? So you didn't really think of her when you wrote all this music, but at the same time, when you listen to this thing as a whole. That's right. Yeah. That's what's so magical to me about it, because, you know, I, I was just playing for Manfred, basically. I told Manfred also before the recording, I have nothing, you know, and he didn't reply. But I knew, you know, from our, our meeting so far, Up to this record, I knew we had a great connection and I wanted to play for him. And I know, you know, his presence in the room, it's enough for me to come up with, with ideas. And I just played for him. You know, it was just two days, actually three days, but we finished the record in two days. There was so much material. And even now, I think there's like 16 songs in the sequence. And that's after like, you know, we omitted 10 
or something. The intention, at least my intention, was like vignettes, you know, like small images, very focused, not like all over the place, but very focused uh, ideas. And I just trusted the procedure. So you're talking about vignettes and, and those images, but like, do you want the listener to picture things to inspire a direction to take for the imagination or? Sure. But also it's, first of all, my, um, my connotation of things. And then I don't, I don't expect people to have the same connotation, but I just throw it out there because you have to give it a title. I don't like titles who's like, Where it's like unknown or untitled. Like I don't, I don't like this. I I rather give it a name and see how it develops in people's ears and minds. You know. Yeah, it was just, it was just so easy. You know. And I, you know, I I got excited before the recording. I recorded with Oded, two albums before, and it was like so easy. But the process itself, the recording, you know, the dynamics weren't always super smooth because people have different ideas, right? And Manfred comes with with a, an idea of its own. It's almost like another musician in the room, right? A producer, which is very rare, by the way, right? In, in labels these days, but I'm all for it. All my albums before were with a producer. And so for me, I feel, I feel like I give him the space like a musician. So it's almost like playing a duet. That makes sense. The room in Lugano is also special. Yeah, I remember um, going there the first time with Oded, We, we chose the pianos, right? And Odette sat in the room and we both kind of started crying, you know, playing the room. There's something that's very hard to explain. It's just how it resonates and you can feel the, the walls talking back. And yeah, um, you know, I'm not the first one who's like super excited about this room, but man, once you know the room, you really want to go back there. And the pianos... Did it help that you had played already there with Odette? Oh, yeah. 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 What? That would have been more intimidating to be there for the first time? I guess it's like a new person. When you meet a new person, you're like, I wonder how it's like and what's the reaction going to be. And so it's a real relationship, I feel like, especially when you're alone and there's nothing, you know, it's very naked. And so it really helped to know the room. And once I got it, in there you know we realized it wasn't the piano I asked there's the new piano and there's the old piano and I was like I know the old piano is better for me and so we got there and I and I knew immediately it wasn't it wasn't it so we went downstairs and Manfred said we got to get this the right piano for the recording I told him like listen we got to record now like let's not wait and once I said it he, he was like he was already on the way back to the room and we started that it was so that's why I'm saying it's easy because there's nothing getting in the way between yeah. the music and the artist he makes sure and I knew that's what I needed like forget the piano like I could also just sing and it'll, it'll be something but I feel it now and he was like he was already on the way you know it was it was really great yeah This is only original except for two, uh, one by Duke Ellington and yeah. one by Molly Drake. Right. Can you tell me about Molly Drake? Wow, Molly Drake. Um, well, she's a, 
She's a fairly new inspiration, I guess, like the last two years. Uh, Karen, Karen Dunn, the singer that I work with, um, she sent me a few songs she likes uh, as a reference to our work. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? You know, it's like the best piano playing. And then the lyrics, and it's just like, where were you this whole time? And apparently she recorded this whole like compilation with her husband in the next room. And that's it. That's the only documentation we have of her, basically, other than she's, a, she's the mother of Nick Drake, but she kept living, right? Till she was like 80 or something. And so she wrote these re really simple songs that were really fitting the tunes that I had in mind, right? And so once I learned it, it was like, I don't know, everything just made sense. And it's really easy to open for, for interpretation because it's very simple, but it's like Mozart a little bit. Like you have to give it the respect and it'll show your, your good sides. Your, your like, you know, it's, it's like give and take kind of yeah. thing where, where in jazz world, it's more like, let's see how fast or let's see how, how much chords you can play over, you know, very tech, very supportive, like sportish kind of attitude, and, which I'm, I'm really far from it. I, I got really far from it the, the past few years. And this was just a perfect fit. And I recorded also um, two other tunes by Ernesto Nazarat, which didn't make the record. But yeah, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with what, what came out, Duke and Molly Draker. You were talking about all your influences and all the, the works that you've been working on in the last few years and coming back to a very naked project like this one after years of experimentation with sounds and electronics and keyboard, computers, stuff. Mm -hmm. What kind of experience was it for you? It's great because you take everything, you know, from the technical side of it, like the mixing part, I was, I was getting into mixing and and mastering and then the technical parts really help the ear eventually retrospectively you kind of realize oh i'm really sensitive to you know different frequencies now and i have this and that tolerance to you know lens and you know working with different different genres too you could see like a really good song 320 you know minutes mm -hmm. like it's it's something about like 250 320 something about this range makes sense for some reason you know you see hits it's like and in the jazz world we know it right it's like six seven minutes and you're already like it's tiring and I want it to be communicative mm. out of everything so it really helped to go around do this research and I'm still on it but you know stopping in the middle and go and record a piano solo was 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 a great way to put these things in practice like How do we do this only in a piano setting? Yeah, it felt really right. So there's a lot of modernity in your sound because of this, but there's also like a huge, huge part of classical in your influence like you can hear Chopin you can hear about mm -hmm. Ravel even yeah I guess my question is have you listened to specific stuff before recording this it's a good question because I I always listen right I always I always check things and go back to things I already listened to but I do find myself coming back to specific things that's that's true yeah um I play Bach every day there's not one day that I don't 
you know, play Bach. I work on usually um, Bach and then a little bit of Beethoven. There's always like a lot of books here on the piano. It's It, it has a lot of uh, Russian composers like Skriabin, Rachmaninov. And so I, I try to get a little bit of everything. And I always think to myself that I don't have to play the piece itself, you know, like a classical pianist, right? That's the privilege of only doing like what you want or only taking what you want from this world. And it's a lot, you know, there's like 400, 500 years of literature for piano. Like saxophone players don't have it. Guitar players don't have it. Piano has it. And it, it'll be funny not to, you know, to spend time exploring. So, yeah, I don't listen to a lot of um, modern jazz. And th that's that's something about Susan that got really strong in me, you know, um, listen to to different interpretations and how to listen and how to go with this knowledge and put it into practice after. This is not an easy process to go through because sometimes you'll go in and it's like, oh, that doesn't sound the same because yeah. it's the same instrument. It's the same note, it's the same notes, you know, but shit, like I sound, sound so bad. So it's the best mirror, the classical mirror. I mean, you say you don't listen to a lot of modern jazz, but I want to talk about Chick Corea, though. Yeah, let's talk about Chick. Oh, my God. I listen to a lot of ECM works. Like any other pianist, I also listen to, you know, Light as a Feather and uh, Return to Forever. Uh, but Chick, Chick is a good example. Wow, you have such a sharp ear. Children's Songs is, is one, of, uh, one of those magical things my ears were exposed to, and I was like, whoa. We can hear him in your playing. Oh, definitely. And I'm happy you said that. I, I, I never know how it sounds like, but yeah, I bet there's so much of him. It doesn't sound like you're trying to copy him at all, but like you can hear the influence. Yeah, I'm always thinking like, even if I try to sound like someone, and I also tell my students sometimes, it's like, it's good to imitate, but because you're never going to be this person, right? I'm never going to be chick. I'm always going to be Nitai doing something. So. I got this confidence in me of doing these things and also saying like, you know, when I was younger, I was like, no, I didn't listen to it. You know, no, I didn't. Or like kind of finding my my way to originality where it's like, it's funny. Everybody is influenced and everybody is has their idols, but also Chikorea, you know, it's, it, it's such a pioneer work. Also the, the children's song one. And Manfred told me actually that he was just recording it pretty much straight, like one take each. You're releasing a solo piano on ECM for the first time. And the solo piano history on ECM is huge. Right. Uh, it's very special. It's one of the rare labels where the solo piano line is, yeah, historical, legendary. Yeah. Is it intimidating or is it exciting? It's exciting. It's, you know, sitting next to somebody in a catalog like this, it's just, uh, it's, it's an immediate compliment, you know? It's like, no matter who it is, it's Jonathan or it's like, I know that Fred recorded there now, Fred Hirsch, and, you know, there's anybody, I just trust, you know, the label so much and 
as a young musician also I listen to so much of the of the works I don't even care who I'm sitting next so I know I'm in good hands and that's part of the vibe that I can I can hear in the recording too it's like you're good no no worries like not in a condescending way in the most pure like don't worry about it there's something that is like it's both like luxurious but also like you're just one of another one another one in a, in a way like you're not so important but also yeah that's a cool way to see it I think yeah You mentioned uh, teaching. You mentioned your students a little earlier. Are you teaching a lot? No, not at all. I teach once in a while. Whenever I'm open and available, then I, I usually will put it out and people approach. And it's never like recurring. It's, it's always like one time thing because I always feel like it's a lot of responsibility to give every time the same because I want to give like 200%. So I sit with them like sometimes two hours. And, you know, I want to, I want to see that I also get something from it. It's, it's like, obviously it's a shared entrant. And so it's, yeah, it's kind of rare to find people to sit with who can vibe with you either as, as a musician or a chef, or it's like, it's like, it has to be, you know, vibing whenever I do it. I, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's just, I feel like it's because I'm not like grinding it, you know, and it's also because a lot of people need the words and I don't always have them. I'm like, oh, look, do this. And then I, I play. And then they're like, oh, okay, but how do you do this? And I'm like, look, literally, you just do this. Yeah. No, but but seriously, like, let's say they have the infrastructure, right? The facilities. They can see me do it. And then we can talk about where does it come from? Like, what, like we talked earlier about the recording, like, what's that vision? Is it like purple? Is it yellow? Is it up? Is it down? It's like usually no... Um, musical terms involved because then everybody can understand right like even if you sit on the piano I mean you you played and sang but you don't have to be a pianist right I, I can tell you like okay you went down now you go up then you know what to do you know and even more you have you have more choices to make because I didn't tell you you're in this key you're in this chord you know do you channel your inner Susan yeah every day every day And I know she does too. She channels like her old teacher too. Like that's how it works, right? She used to send me to books to read. And then I read the books and it was exactly how she speaks. It was so humbling to see because she's not apologizing for anything. She's like, this is the right way. This is the most communicative way I know how to make things. And I really appreciated it, you know? And so I try, I try to do the same also with music. Like I don't want to play chords that nobody knows, I'm passed through that like way. This is way too complicated for my ears now. You know, I rather have two chords that have this texture and that everybody can understand, not just me. Sensory experience more than technical or literal. Yeah. Exactly.
Nitai Hershkovitz about his new ECM solo album Call on the Old Wise. Thank you for joining, choosing and listening to our ECM podcast. I'm Caroline Fontanier and I look forward to sharing more music with you in the next episode. <laughs>